Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, November 6th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Former U.S. President Donald Trump takes the witness stand in New York today. And the Prime Minister of Japan is betting on a big stimulus plan to help address higher costs of living. Plus, higher interest rates are hitting the private equity industry hard. The idea that private equity is going to die is probably a little bit extreme, but it's going to be sort of a reset and a washout. I'm Joanna Gao, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Donald Trump is set to testify in a Manhattan court today. He's going to be grilled over his finances and business empire in a civil fraud case. A judge in the case has already determined that the former president committed fraud. Trump allegedly inflated his net worth in order to get his organization better terms for bank loans and insurance policies. A lot is on the line in this case. The former president could be forced to pay crippling penalties. And he and his two adult sons might lose the ability to operate a business in New York. That would be a big blow for Trump, who has staked his political career on being a savvy businessman. Japan's Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, is in a tough spot. He's facing record low approval ratings and pressure for a snap election. He's trying to turn things around with a stimulus package to address the pain of inflation. But it could complicate the Bank of Japan's move to unwind loose monetary policy. I'm joined now by the FT's Kana Inagaki. Hi, Kana. Hi there. So why are Kishida's approval ratings so low? So uh, the prime minister got a slight boost in popularity right after the a group of seven summit uh, in May in Hiroshima. But after that, it's really been on a constant downward trend. There's been quite a lot of dissatisfaction within the public about how the government has been dealing with the rise in prices. And because of the sharply weaker yen, the imported costs of energy have risen quite significantly. So that's probably one of the biggest reasons uh, why his approval rating had fallen so much over the past year. What can you tell us about this plan? The prime minister surprised both the public and the, you know, the economists as well when he suddenly announced that the stimulus is going to include temporary cuts to income and residential taxes, as well as cash handouts to low-earning households. The government has announced a big boost in defense spending, and also Prime Minister Kishida has announced that he's going to increase childcare benefits. And so much of the focus has been on how Japan is going to finance this extra cost. And so both the public and you know, the economists are slightly caught off guard when he suddenly said that instead of increasing taxes, that he's going to lower them. So this announcement happened a few days after the Bank of Japan took a big step to end its policy of capping long-term interest rates. And that basically sets the stage for gradually tightening monetary policy. How could this stimulus package complicate that process? So as you mentioned, 
the Bank of Japan is trying to basically normalize decades of its ultra-loose monetary policy. And so by rolling out this big stimulus package and doing these tax cuts, a lot of economists are concerned that the government will complicate the BOJ's exit from its monetary policy. The BOJ is trying to unwind its policy without causing too much market turmoil. But if the you know, bond market feels that with the stimulus, the Japanese government is being lax on fiscal discipline, then you know, it, it might cause a rise in government bond yields. And that would really make it difficult for the BOJ to exit from its policy. What does this mean then for Kashida's political future? You know, his popularity has been declining over the past you know, year. And if this economic stimulus package does not help to boost it, there are serious concerns about what he can do as a new measure to help his approval rating improve. So his term as the head of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party runs through September There's a lot of speculation about when he might call a snap election. And if his approval rating does not improve, then he'll probably does not have an opportunity to call it. And he could wait until September. But obviously, there will be concerns about whether factions within the party would try to remove him if he proves to be too unpopular with the public. Kana Inagaki is the FT's Tokyo bureau chief. Thanks, Kana. Great. Thank you. Private equity firms have become titans of the financial sector over the past decade and a half. They use that period of low interest rates and essentially free money to snap up one company after another. Then they turned them around and sold them a few years later for big profits. But now that debt isn't so free-flowing and cheap. Private equity is in a bit of a bind. Here to explain is Antoine Gara. He's the FT's U.S. private and institutional capital correspondent. Hi, Antoine. Hi, how are you? Doing good. So can you give us a sense of scale? How is private equity doing compared to a couple years ago? The industry is really seeing its volumes hit new lows in terms of being able to sell assets. Also, we've seen a number of large firms really disappoint on the amount of money they can raise from investors. And the real peak was 2021, where The money was really flowing in this industry. So it's been a pretty sharp reversal. And it's all really due to the fact that interest rates have gone much higher, much quicker than anyone expected. And that just means the cost of buying companies using leverage has gone way up. It's just become more and more problematic for deal makers, mostly because they're sitting on so many investments that were made when rates were zero and prices were higher. And so what it did was it caused firms to not be able to sell assets, return money to investors, and give those investors cash that they might then again invest in new private equity funds. So in this era of high rates and how PE is getting hit really hard, what are PE firms doing now to overcome these challenges? For months, we've really been reporting on a lot of different financial engineering tactics, There are not a lot of deals happening. The cash isn't really moving around. So we've been reporting about these things called NAV loans, which are loans against an entire fund's assets. And what firms are doing are either 
using that cash to pay dividends back to their investors without actually having to sell the assets. But it is not free money. It's very expensive. It's north of 10%. It can be, depending on the structure, as high as 18%. So are these strategies working? In the interim, they are. But we've, you know, been worried that it's cross-collateralizing assets. The whole beauty of private equity was you buy a company, you put debt on the company, it's in a fund that's locked up for 12 years, you sell it. But if you start taking loans against the fund, now you can have an entire portfolio put at risk versus just one company. So these are actually fairly controversial. Some of the trade groups that represent the large investors in private equity funds have grown increasingly alarmed about these loans, and they're starting to come up with sort of formal guidance and rules of the road for these loans. Is this just a storm that private equity has to weather, or are there going to be lasting consequences? You know, the idea that private equity is going to die is probably a little bit extreme, But it's going to be sort of a reset and a washout. And there are going to be firms that sink and there are going to be firms that swim. And for some, you know, they'll be, have maybe overinvested in recent years or done deals that were aggressive and those might get exposed now. And then there are others that, you know, if they have the patience and they have the stability, there could be enormous opportunities on the other side. Antoine Gara is the FT's U.S. private and institutional capital correspondent. Thanks, Antoine. Thank you for having me. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway released its earnings results on Saturday. And the company is sitting on a lot of cash, $157 billion worth, a record for Berkshire. Buffett sold stakes in publicly traded companies last quarter. It was a signal that he just didn't see a lot of appealing investments out there. Fund managers and even the public closely watch Buffett's investment moves for clues on where the so-called Oracle of Omaha sees attractive returns. But recently, he's been putting a lot of the money he made from stock sales into treasury bills, taking advantage of the returns from higher U.S. interest rates. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.